0: I'm Eddie Rowley, and you're listening to My Country Life, a podcast that takes you backstage and into the real lives of Ireland's country music, Kings and Queens. Each podcast in this series features a country star opening up the doors to their past and taking us on their personal journey into the spotlight. Along the way, they reveal their highs and lows, happiness and heartaches, and their struggle to find success. Here we meet Patrick Feeney from County Sligo, who reveals that it was his father who inspired him to become an entertainer. Patrick also tells how he was on the brink of joining on Garda after being accepted as a recruit when Big Tom's manager came calling with an offer he couldn't refuse. He would go on to become one of Ireland's top country stars with his own band and as a member of the Three Amigos. However, Patrick tells how life dealt him a cruel blow and he develops serious health issues that threaten to end his career. He also reveals the inside story of finding the love of his life thanks to lockdown and Tinder. This is My Country Life, a Sunday World Podcast. So, Patrick, welcome. Thanks very much, Eddie. Great to great that you made the
1: trip to Dublin. Well, sure, like, I'm dying to get out of... What's it, like tra- what's it like on a train these days? I haven't been on the train... I- I was thinking about it coming up, I think it was about maybe 15 years ago, and um, I, I thought it was better, you know, better get to trained today because it, the building being so close to the train station, so, but um, it was great, it was very relaxing, I'd be doing it again, definitely, and um, it was just nice, chill out on, on the way up, and you know, it's been so long since I have been in Dublin, like it's over a year and a half, so it was, it was lovely to Enjoy the scenery on the way up and relax. And it's great to be back in in the city with people again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, you, you've been riding the train for for a good few years now. Certainly in in country music, you've you've had a great career. But can we take you back to um to your to your childhood? Mm-hmm. Uh, you come from Colfada. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I come from County Sligo. Uh, County Sligo, Battlefield Colfada. Um, I was born and raised there for um, until I was about eighteen. And, um, I have, um, one brother and, and two sisters and, um, mum and dad was, still is very hard workers, um, and, uh, still in great form. But yeah, I, uh, we were, we were brought up on a farm, um, on my dad's home farm. And, uh, it was kind of very, um, idyllic sort of a country life. We lived in the back of beyonds, as they call it in Sligo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that my dad was involved in, in, in music, as well as being a farmer and being a postman. Um, my mum then, she uh, ran, the, ran the house and looked after us, I suppose, reared, reared us. Because dad was uh, always kind of a way of coming and going with, with the holding down two or three jobs at the, at the one time.
0: Are you the youngest?
1: No, I have a younger sister, uh, Stella. I have an older brother, James, and older sister, Monica.
0: And James has a real job.
1: James has a real <laughs> job, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> he's the brains of the family. Um, he's a, a doctor over in, in Cardiff. And he has been there for the last, I suppose, probably 13 or 14 years. Um, loves it, but uh, we miss him at the moment. We haven't seen him in the, in the flesh, as I say, in the last year and a half. And um, my sister, Monica, is a manager in, um, wedding manager uh, in Cologne and Castle. Uh, Monica's the oldest. And then my younger sister, Stella, is a guard in Manan.
0: Right, right. So. so you you know who to call if you're in trouble. Oh,
1: she told me a long time ago, don't bother calling <laughs> me anymore.
0: <laughs> I love the anymore bit. Yeah, <laughs> I made that call too many times. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't work. It's, it's just a myth. It yeah. definitely is. Yeah. And your,
0: da- your 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 brother, he's been in the firing line for the last couple of years with, with COVID in, yeah, in he the had, UK, yeah? Yeah, he On has. On front line.
1: Uh, he's been on the on the front line, and um, um, you know, he's, he's, I suppose it's been in, in in an area like where he deals. He's a, he's a psychiatric uh, do- doctor, okay, um, and he deals with with. Um, um, he's involved with the Bar- Bar- Bernardus, um, so he deals with a lot of of, of unfortunately sad cases, and um, uh, but. They've been yeah they've they've all been on the front line, a lot of their jobs has changed they had to take up uh, other roles and and uh, for the last year and a half, but you know they're, they're they got vaccinated fairly uh, earlier on and and um uh but just a worrying time for them you know yeah. um and plus like he misses home and he you know he'll always be home for Christmas, so we're a very close family you know we've we've from, uh, from day one, we've always been a very close family. You know, we're doing, we'd be talking to each other, definitely. Might be talking to each other, you know, uh, every day. Um, the, the, but we'd be in groups and messages and always be in contact. So yeah. we're a close
0: family. Um, your dad is the musician mm-hmm. in the family yeah. uh, or Yeah. Well, before you came along. Yeah. Uh, and, and you started performing with him.
1: Yeah, I did. My dad was involved in a local band for over thirty years, and he was a drummer and singer. And um, I suppose from an early age, our local inca father was, was Higgins' pub, and that's where Dad would play a good bit. Um, so we, when he beat in Higgins, we'd go down and the family. And uh, so at a young age, I had an interest. I was. I was told that at four I was trying to climb up onto the stage uh, and up onto my dad's knees to, to start drumming. And they were the first signs that I had interest um, in, in music when I come home from, um, from, um, from junior infants. And, you know, I was only maybe five or, five or six at that stage. But the minute I come home, the saucepans, I take them out from out of the cupboard and turn them upside down and then use the spoons as if I was playing the drums. So I I I had a, an interest in music probably before I could even realize it myself. Um and it was dad that, that probably inspired me a lot. I listened to his music growing up, listened to local radio. Uh on the the, the daytime shows would be a lot of country music. Um so I was brought up to listening to, to that style and even though, you know, Westlife was out at the time and and uh different uh, types of of music um you know, I, I would have listened to, but it was always country that I just felt more comfortable listening to and that I enjoyed um, uh, listening to. And that's, I started going for piano lessons then when I was nine or 10. Um, and I enjoyed playing the piano. And um, I was doing that for about maybe four years. And my music music teacher had to take uh, time out. And uh, it was at that stage then my dad had just finished with the band and he was trying to, I suppose, uh, retire out of it. And I was at a loose end because I I kept playing and practicing the piano at home. So my dad at the weekends would sing his songs that he used to sing with the band. And I began to pick up music then by ear as opposed to to note. And um, so we do that at the weekends, like when, when I was in national school and through secondary school, uh, we'd we'd play at the week, we'd play at the weekends, I'd set up the keyboard and dad would have a list of songs and that's what I used to do until I got, you know, more into it and, and I wanted to, you know, see what it'd be like to do a live a gig in, in a in a pub and some said, look we learned enough songs and if we may have enough learned we might do do a, a gig and and that happened and I was fifteen when that happened, um and went out and, and done our verse our first uh, show. Uh, together in the pubs and that was that, was that great like? yeah it was yeah. great 25 pound <laughs> <the> first gig <laughs> <laughs> not bad nothing bad like yeah, yeah. Uh, for what year myself. was this? Um, it Oof. would have been back in roughly I suppose 2000 and uh, so our pub I would have been back more more before that it would have been mm. 98 um, 97 because we were a, a few years playing when the when when the um, the millennium came in. Yeah. So uh,
0: you're 38 now, is it? 38 now.
1: Yeah. So we, we doing that like for for a few years, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I got more confident singing, um, and kind of came to the stage then when I was 16 that I wanted to record a song. So I recorded "I Fly Away" um, and just released it on local radio stations, and it became very very popular, and uh, continued to do the. The weekends with that, and we do you know a couple of nights in in the month at that stage, but it got seemed to k- kind of get busier and busier. People were making more phone calls they wanted uh, us us to, to play the, in their their pubs and lounges at the time and I went on into, into college and I studied um, at sales american and um I started a job at Cadbury's, which I hated um because the one thing i i didn 't like about it was. The most thing I didn't like about it was the the mileage. Funny enough, and nowadays I do twice as so much mileage, but I suppose <laughs> yeah. I'm doing something that I love. Yeah. So I I packed it in. We were getting so we were getting very busy with the music as well. And I, you know, I said I'd go back to something in sales and at home in Sligo. It'll be more local, and I could concentrate on the music. Um. So between that, I mean, I applied for the guards. Um, I got called. To, I done my my exam. Um, then I got called back for the interview. And then I got told I I, I got a place. so It was just happened, I I suppose, in the space of maybe three or four weeks. I was working a few days in sales in Sligo, playing at the weekend with Dad. Got the call for, they were accepted into the guards. um, Then got a call from Kevin McCoy a couple of days after that. Band manager. Band manager for Big Tom down through the years, for Johnny Lockery at the time. He had heard of me and he wanted to meet me and... um, he met me along with Henry McMahon, Um and they they spoke to me and, and said, "Would I come and do an audition? Would I be interested in fronting a band full time?" So up to that, I had, I, I honestly had no aspiration to, to go full time at the music. I was just happy with what I had and what I was doing. But I thought, you know, it, it's an exciting opportunity, and sure, you know, I've no, I've no, responsibilities really at the moment, and. And uh, so I thought about it and I thought, you know, I'll, if I get the audition, I'll give it a go. And I, did, I went and got the audition and they, they offered me the job. So I said I was going to take it and see how I felt over the, over the next few weeks. But like I knew after a month, I was definitely music. I wasn't going to go to the guards or I wasn't going to do anything else. It
0: was, was it a buzz of the crowd? or
1: a- <clears throat> I Probably like there was at the start, it was very nerve wracking. Because I I came from being being behind a a keyboard for the full night. My dad done all the emceeing. I sang an odd song. He done the majority to being out front and front of the band and having to do a full two-hour show uh, as a frontman. And so it was nervous at the time, but once I got in it, I still got a great buzz out of it. Still got a great... I felt a great reaction from it. And, uh, you know, I just... I, I. I loved what I was doing. I was like great, great buzz I suppose if you want to call it you got the drug, yeah, 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 and um I just knew that it was something then that I was just you know born to do, felt that this, you know this is this is what I want to do and same same feeling right now here talking to you it's uh, it's 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 still the thing I was born to do
0: somewhere along the line, um you were at a gig one night and at a Daniel O'Donnell show one night, and uh, he invited you up on stage, or somebody sent up a, re- a request for you, and at this stage, he was aware of you. Where was that, and when was that?
1: Yeah, that was so. <clears throat> I started in 2002, uh, in November 2002, with, with the band full time. So I was on the road maybe about uh, four or five months, and we went to see a concert of Daniel's in uh, Castlebar in the TF Royal Theatre. And the uh, place was jam like and and so we went in and we were the show started and um somebody must uh, recognize me but had sent up a request to say hello to me. And um so halfway through the show, yeah, he was saying hello to different people and he says he called my name out and um he said, um I didn't know he was coming tonight, he said and you announced, Would you like to come up and sing a song? So I mean, I couldn't believe it and so very nerve wracking but a great experience so went up and I sang a couple of songs with him. so i just i couldn't believe it like it was just it was so exciting at the, uh, you know at that time and it was a pinnacle time of of my musical career you know and uh, it just gave me a great confidence and and you know to be even um acknowledged you know by 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 daniel um it, you know I was just blown away. Had you met him prior to that? Uh, I hadn't met him, no. Yeah. No, that was my first time to meet him. And um But he was aware of you. And he was aware, yeah. 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 But Daniel's always been like that. You know, I mean he's on the ball so much. If there's somebody new on the scene, I mean, um he, he, he would always make it his business like to, to make contact with them and wish them the best of luck. Um I, mean, I I got a message um not long on the road and I didn't think it was for Daniel. Some some I got a text to wish me the very best of luck if you could do anything for me at all. Daniel O'Donnell, I thought somebody's somebody's messing here, you know. So I didn't pass much heat of it, but I definitely passed heat of it when I was called up to, yeah. to seeing Castle Bar.
0: And then you obviously impressed him that night because uh, soon after that he invited you onto his T V show, his T V series on yeah. RTE. Yeah, yeah. That was your first time on That t- t- was my
1: first time yeah. On television. On television, yeah. And um yeah, Kevin McCoy rang me and he said Daniel wants you on his, his uh, TV show that he's doing, and uh, again, like I, I couldn't couldn't believe it, and um, it was a, such an experience. Like I mean, your first time on, on television and on uh, on Daniel Dallins, and knowing the amount of viewers that was going to be um, that was going to be watching it, and on RT it was just uh, it was it was again brilliant and and uh, a great. A great step for me as well for my career,
0: and then your your country career really took off. Then it was a good, it was a great time uh, in country music in in Ireland. You came on the scene at the right time.
1: Yeah, I probably did. Uh, myself and Mike Denver came in around the, the same. There was a couple of years maybe of, of difference there where we came on the scene kind of together. Um, and and it was it was it was um, it was going through it was going through. Um, going through a bit of a change and there was more younger artists kind of coming on board as well in performing that music. But um it was at a good time, yeah. I, I I would have loved to have had more experience um before hitting the road. Uh, but I I still had a lot more than um would say some of other acts would have because I had experience with dad and Dad then toured with me while the first couple of years being on the road, because I was still very young, I was 19, so yeah. I was still young and, and, uh, and naive, and um, Dad came with me for the first couple of years and, and was a great great help and great advisor for, to me, and, and you know, he had my interests yeah. at heart.
0: Yeah, um, and crowds... Suddenly, so the crowds were getting bigger all the yeah. time at, at, at that stage, weren't they? As you say, Mike Mike Denver came on the scene. He brought in a whole new wave of young people onto onto into the country music scene. Yeah. So there was a mix of all the generations at this stage. Yeah. Um And the, the dances were there were sellout shows. Yeah,
1: yeah. The dance was going was going very well, Um but you know, little did, little did we know, like the it was really probably only the start of it. It was going to get even better. Um, because a few years later there was going to be more uh, acts, younger, young acts joining the the scene, and uh, so it was probably just the start of the crest of, uh, of the wave. Yeah,
0: and you took off. Then you were working nonstop for mm. for several years, and yeah. then was it in two thousand and eight? You kind of hit a bit of burnout, mm-hmm. and you stepped away from the spotlight for a year and went off to do your 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 college thing, your your yeah. dropout year in in, in America.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I hit burnout when I started on the road with the band, we had done two and a half years without any any break at all. Um fifty two weekends of the year. Um and it was there it was Ireland, Scotland, England, um and uh, We've done a couple of trips in America and uh, it was really go all the time. And yeah, I, I I hit burnout and I just wanted to take a bit of time out. And uh, so I, 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 took time off, I took time off, I took a, a year off.
0: How old, were you, how old were you at this I stage? was,
1: um, I'd say I was around 26. Right. Yeah, at yeah. the time. And I just felt that, you know, I needed a break. I wanted to, to you know, to live, I suppose, my youth and uh, to do a bit of travelling and I didn't want to look back and, and regret and wish I, I had because I just it was just work, work, work all the time and there was no break so I just said right I'm going to take a break here and do a bit of travelling and um, and
0: that's what I did So yeah. you, you lived the dream there for a year you did Route 66
1: mm-hmm. yeah, From start to finish um, yeah travelling I'd say to every state in, in America Um Stayed with um, stayed with some relations of mine in in um, in New York and then in Florida and um, in Alabama, um, but yeah, I would, and, and and had other relations over in Reno, Nevada. Um, but yeah, we 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 started out in New York, made ways down to Florida, over up to to Alabama, Nashville, um from there to to Memphis. Um, and then after that, then we got on Route 66.
0: And was it you and friends or were you on, were you on it, your... It was zone? me and,
1: and uh, my partner at the time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, okay. so we, we done that and, and went as far as, done Route 66 right as far as, um, we went down to Arizona and Phoenix and um, back up into to um, Los Angeles and crossed up to San Francisco and into Reno, Reno Nevada and stayed there for... I'd say probably a month um, in Reno Nevada, and then went down to Las Vegas and called it a day. Then so we had to go home. The <laughs> money was gone.
0: <laughs> Get back to the real world, the real but world. it it does open your eyes and broadens your, your mind as well, doesn't
1: it? It does. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's I, I'm really blessed with the with the music that I've been able to travel and see a lot of places that I wouldn't have have, have been able to see. Like, and I think like travel is a great education. Um and I think I think every young person should do it. Um if they get the opportunity to go and do it. Uh, it's 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 just it's it's life experience and uh, it opens your mind to, to, to different things and different ideas and um you might come back though with I suppose a lot of ideas that might mightn't work, but there's some ideas that might work and
0: You might come back with notions.
1: With notions, <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. Yeah yeah. But yeah.
2: Me tend to leave my sleeping bag Rolled up and stashed behind your couch And it's knowing and not shackles by forgotten words and bonds And the ink stains that I have to ride upon some line That keeps you in the back roads By the rivers of my memory That keeps you ever gentle on my mind not clinging to the rocks and i be planning on their columns now that find me Or something that somebody said because they thought we'd fit together walking It's just knowing that the world will not be cursing or forgiving when I walk along some railroad track and on
0: the back roads by the rivers of my memory, and for hours you just along my mind. How did you view Ireland then, from, from the outside?
1: Well, like being away, I would have been a homebird. But yeah, I, I, where I enjoyed the experience, I was glad to, to be back home, um, and I was I was looking forward to, to being back to getting back on the road. I don't, I actually done, i done an album before I left. Um, so when I went off the road, <laughs> I went into studio and I recorded a full album. I knew I was going to be coming back. Right. So yeah. um, be- So before I I went traveling, I done the album, and then I went traveling, and when I come back, then I release the album and went back in the road. Right.
0: But you're always go- going to come back to. to oh, it's to, always yeah. The music, yeah. it's in the blood. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. get away from it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you were back into crazy times. Yeah. Because it it was boom time in in country music.
1: Yeah, we had the, um, there was other other young artists. Um, Darkerine was was there. Um, Lisa McHugh was starting up, and uh, course, Nathan, Nathan Carter, Nathan Carter, was, Carter came yeah, into the, the scene.
0: Yeah, he yeah. came into the scene. Wagon Wheels sort of. Brought a lot of kids. Said all generations. Oh to, yeah, was, yeah, that that song. Do, yeah, do, do, oh, do the
1: scene. Yeah, it was back in like with a bang, and and we were as busy as we ever were. It was um, and it was great. Yeah, and things were getting busier and busier again. But you know, I, I was enjoying it more, and I was that bit older, and uh, um, I've had um, I had done what I wanted to do, and I you know, I'd done the traveling, so that was out the out of my system. So. Yeah, everything was going really, really well.
0: And then suddenly or gradually your mm. your health began to deteriorate. Yeah. You yeah. discovered you had some serious issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I was off that, that year I, I really kind of went into I went into to uh taking care of my health as much as I could when I was off and so when I came back from America I joined up at the gym and I was probably I was going to the gym maybe five days a week. Like and geez, I was I was, I was, I was in, in great condition, and but uh, I was kind of I had complaints with my stomach, like and just something uh, it wasn't right, like and I was put down to maybe too much training, and I eased off a bit, and but to long story short, I I went and I had tests, and then I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and uh,
0: how does that affect you?
1: It's a uh, it's 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 it can affect you from you can get it anywhere from your esophagus. Uh, down to the very end of of your of your um, uh, stomach, um, and mine is in the small bowel. Uh, so it's just a narrowing of a narrowing of the the narrowing of your your gut. So the, the it's the, the easiest ways to explain is like like a like a fungus that's grown that narrows the the gut. So when your food goes as far as there, it's it won't break down the way it, it it should do, and then it's the the pain then and it's becomes well, then it becomes inflamed, and um, so the, I, I started on on a treatment. So I did, and it wasn't working, and um, and I had just gone back on the road, and then uh, I went for another um, doctor's advice, and he changed the medication, and I began to feel really good straight away. Nearly after that, the um, uh, pain was going away, and so things were were. Uh, um, Things were, were pretty good. Like I was, I was taking, I was on a couple of few tablets every day, but I, I was things were were, were good. I, I wasn't in pain and felt I was okay, and uh, that was fine for about maybe two, or three years. And um, uh, then I, I just woke up one morning. I was playing in Bundorn the night before, and uh, woke up the following morning, and my uh, my leg, my hip, I, I couldn't, I couldn't move it. It was, it was locked um, and I was in excruciating pain and I didn't know what to do um, I got to, to to had to go to, had to ring a, a um, now doc and uh, just said that I had something in my sacriolic joint that it was she gave me pain cause I had to go to Tipperary, and, and do a gig that night so so I got injections and then I was told that you know not to go but I had to go cause the band was, was already gone um, <clears throat> so, my sister drove that night. Um, I went down and done the gig, and we were off then for uh, a week's holidays. And uh, the pain, though, was getting worse and worse. So, I just said, Right, I went to my own doctor and she said, You need to get a scan done, you know, straight away. I went to call the clinic and had it done in a couple of days. And uh, they diagnosed me then with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, They'd done more scans, and I had the. Uh, I said I had it in eighty percent of my body, so it was a it was a continuation direct of the the Crohn's that have got into the bones, and you can get a rheumatoid you can get an arthritis version. It's all autoimmune basically, It's all connected with the autoimmune system. So I had this rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, again I've put on more medication and um, I was on injections at this stage, and I was on the road and I was. I was beginning to struggle like because the pain was the pain was was very bad. Then my heels kinda started at me where the knees of venues that would swell and my ankles would swell and my knees would swell, and it Was many of the night I would come off the stage and I'd have to go straight up stairs and make sure that had a bucket of ice for to put my feet into for I could come down to talk to people. So I kept doing that for um as long as I could, but it just became just it just became, in I just couldn't do it any longer. Um, my like I was maybe twenty eight, and I was my my days w- would start on a Monday, um, go to um, go for physio, and then, um, spend the day doing stretches and, um, take injections. Um, go then and, and, and uh, to um an osteopath once a week go to the swimming pool, do exercise in the swimming pool. This was going on and, and I was kicking at the same time. And uh, like, I just felt that, that got to one stage where, you know, 28 here. I don't have, you know, it was bad enough to get the Crohn's now if they're arthritis. And uh, sometimes, like there was times I couldn't move early. I would be like an old man. So uh, <coughs> I went to to, to uh, the consultant Man of Hamilton about my arthritis wasn't getting better, and he said, "Look, you know you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to slow down what you're doing. You know, you're just going to have to give the body time." And he said, "We'll start you on a new treatment, but he said, like if you don't, if you don't get things under control, he said it will progress worse and will progress worse, and you know where ice what will be worse case scenario? And he said, "Well, like you, you could end up in a chair, you know if you don't chair. get if you don't get this under control." And after that, then I just. I came out and That's so it pretty
0: was, shocking to hear. Yeah. Yeah. At twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I said, you know, here no, I, I said, This this isn't for me. Um I want to I don't want to to be in a wheelchair and I don't want to, to die young, so um I rang my, my sister, she was looking after me day the time and I said, I'm I'm coming off the road and she said, What? I said I'm, I'm coming off the road. I said i I said, I need time and uh I said, um, this is what the doctors have to tell me and so um I did do that. I came I finished up in Clare Morris and I felt at that stage <laughs> at that stage, you know, that was one of the, the nights that I had to come off the stage and put my feet in dice before I could come down and speak to people. And I finished up anyways and I hadn't said much to, to anybody about their arthritis because I was I was just embarrassed and I was uh, about like a, a 28 so year old having this arthritis. Uh, it was bad enough having the Crohn's and I just didn't want to, to talk about it really. And then afterwards, just everybody was just kept asking me, you know, because things were going really well. Mm. Um, the crowds were great. Uh, everything was great, bar me. So people couldn't understand why I was finishing. So I just didn't want to have to explain the whole thing to to everybody over and over again. So when I finished, I made the statement in and... and once I'd finished on the road, I, I told everybody then uh, what was wrong. and um, It was it, a hard call to make, uh, it, off, was, road. it was, yeah, because at the time, I, the way I felt it, that I'd never be able to go back doing it again. Mm. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but it wasn't going to be that. I, I, I wasn't going to be able to stick it. And then I went back and my consultant put me on a, a different drug. Um, it's called Humira. It's actually, I met in Sligo and Abbott's, but it's owned, it's owned by the American company, but it's, uh, I call it a wonder drug, I started on it, three months after being on it, I was just completely a new man, Um they was able to go back doing stuff that I hadn't been able to do in a couple of years, and um, it was great, really, really, really great, and um I started having you know missing the music because I was feeling well again, but I took the air off that time and I just said, "Look, I'll, I'll see how, how I feel see how, how I go and, and
0: how was how your mental uh, health during this period
1: like at the, at the time when I finished up on the road, you know I, I was very down the dumps about it because I was very very bitter as well, like you know that I was looking around at everyone else that was able to do this, and I couldn't do it um, and the, you know. Nathan
0: Carter was out there Derek Ryan was out there all these guys were out there doing what they should be doing
1: yeah and these conditions I thought like you know why me so and and, uh, I was so you know there was a lot of resentment and I was was angry like and and bitter and um, and down in the dumps yeah my mental health I was suffering with my mental health because because of what was happening and to accept it like Mm. Um, but you know once I did meet the right person and, and I got on the right treatment I was a new man and uh, I did start to come around and I was able to go back walking and I was able to go back to the gym and I was able to start doing things I hadn't done in such a long time and then after a year then I felt you know like I, 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 I stood by all the advice that he had given me and he said to, I said to him look every time I went to visit him at a checkup but, you know I, I want to go back doing you know what, what I was doing and so like you know he felt after 12 months that maybe to go back and do you know uh, but to do but maybe not to do it as, as intense as I was and to build it up and, and to see how I, I was so, and that really well, you know that's really what, what it's been like uh, I did go back and when I went back I recorded right here at Mary and just the whole thing just blew up like That, that that was the song that I came back with, and it was literally like it was, it was the strongest song I had ever. I had it was my it was what you'd call it was my hit. And the, it just, the whole thing took off and it was, it was brilliant. I was on a great buzz as well. You know, that the, 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 come, the comeback was, was was brilliant. But I still curtailed it to, I didn't do 52 weekends of the year. I didn't do four or five nights a week, uh, week after week. I just done, I kept it to, if I could do around maybe eight, or nine or ten gigs a month, that's all I wanted to do. And that's all. And I was quite happy to be, to be able to do that. And left it at that. Then I'd take a break four times a year yeah. um, instead of taking just with eight or nine days I'd take a couple of weeks. Um, so that balance seemed to work for myself. Now from a management's perspective I had uh, you know a manager you know by their nature doesn't want you to be at home they want you to be out and yeah. fair enough. So I made the decision to manage myself so I wasn't going to be under that pressure either. Because if
0: you're not working a manager doesn't get paid. No,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, then I hired a girl for to run the office and uh, that's how, how how we done it and it worked great. The pressure does, you know, no there was no pressure. You know, if a gig came in, if I wanted to do it, I'd do it, if I was able to do it. And if I wasn't able to do it, I'd say, I could say no, like, and there was no problem. Um, so, and that's the, that's the kind of that's the way I've been doing it now since um, since that, and it's thank God, it's been good, and I've had a great, I've had a great, you know, seven eight years, um, and um, being on the road, and I still, it gets busy at times, it gets a bit too busy at times, but they, I never let it get to the stage that I was, um, and I like it. it, you know, even even apart from, from from having to do it. From from an illness point of view, I like it. I I, I like the the mix of uh, you know I I probably wasn't going to be that that person to be on the road fifty two weekends of the year and and uh, um eventually I probably would have have made some changes because I like my life at home as much as I like being on the road.
0: And we talk about uh, home and farming because you do a bit of that uh, uh, later on, but um you, you in addition to having your own. Solo career. Um, you teamed up with a couple of uh, hobos, yes. Jimmy Buckley and, and, <coughs> and
1: I, Robert. I bought the and
0: And you are one of the uh, three amigos and th- a, a supergroup, and yeah. that's been uh, an incredible success <coughs> as well. Yeah, it's been
1: it's been amazing. Um, and it was only supposed to be five or six gigs that Joe Finnegan had put together. He had an idea, of something based on the Highwaymen in America. To get all these country singers together on stage, and, uh, and
0: Joe ha- Joe is a he's a he's a he's a, he's a manager. He's, he's an manager, agent. Yeah. He's a promoter, and yeah. he's a radio star yeah. up there. Yeah, in, um, on Shannon's side.
1: Yeah, his 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 fingers is, is in a lot of pies, <laughs> as I say. <laughs> but. Um, you know, t- Joe. Yeah. So he had he he got us together and and t- to a meeting, and he he told us what he had in his mind and what we try it, and we, like we went into studio and and said we would give it a go. We'd have to record something, and like it was just by a lot of it of that has been by luck. I mean, it was luck that our three voices been to well together. Uh, so we said we'd do a few shows and but sure we started and and the sure, the rest was history. The the, the concerts were selling out. So there's more dates going in the diary. Um it was uh it used to be scattered out over January, February, March and, and April, depending on when we would do our gigs do the gigs, because you know, we were doing our own things at the weekend, and the boys were doing you know more work than I would have been doing. But so it was it was hard for to get dates to everybody. So now what we do is we just we, we take the, the month, well, I, I take the month, <laughs> two boys, tell you yeah, we'll take the month off, and we'll just, we'll do the full month of, of, of uh, the amigos but, um, so, we do about 20, we've done 23 shows, in, in January, the last, but, like, having said that, um, you know, there's a lot of things that's organized for us, Joe's a great promoter, he's a great organizer, he's a great manager, um, and he has a great team around him, um, so I mean, it leaves it very easy for us, which arrive, do our sound check, and uh, do the show. That's it, like, and it's 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 ter- it's therapy for the three of us.
0: Yeah, and it also like, January and February are quiet months in, yeah. in on the Irish uh, entertainment scene. So it, it's it's a great uh, work period for you.
1: It is like. You you know, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing, you know, damn all dates for January, February. Um, and yet, you know, when the Migos started, it's the busiest time of the year for us. Yeah. That's the hardest I found in this lockdown. The hardest month I found was January. Of all the months, that it was January. And it's because of the Migos.
0: Because you were so used we're to... You're always
1: looking back and you know, always compared anchors. to this time last year. I was at this festival. And this time last year, I was doing this dance or I was here and there. Then come January, God, this time last year... Was on the road and we were going from place to place, and it was just you know it was fierce, busy month, but it was such an enjoyable month. And now at home here, looking at a few heifers and bullocks. <laughs> 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 and for
0: people who haven't seen the uh, three amigos, yeah. you know, what is the content of the show? You know, how does it differ from your normal individuals? Well, it, di-
1: it differs completely. Like, I mean, now we we have it down to a fine art at this stage because we're we're. 12 or 13 years doing it really a yeah, clown, my yeah. God, yeah. Um, and so you know we, we we're we on stage together all the time um, we, we, we never leave the stage um, so the show is basically you know a lot of it is a tribute to some of the great country American country artists songwriters and, and entertainers uh, and we do a collection of songs we do Glen Campbell medley we do Charlie Pride medley we do every we do then a couple of Irish medleys as well. Um and then in between the shows then we'll do our own uh individual songs. I do uh I believe um gospel song and then I do the Holy City, another gospel track. Showstopper. Yeah, yeah. it, it is. And uh, it allows me for again the and, and the other lads too. The show allows allows you to sing songs that you wouldn't be singing at a dance. You know, because they're not yeah. da- they're not danceable, but uh, so it gives us to do an, an opportunity. You know, of, of performing them types of songs, and the other guys are the same. And then you know we have a bit of banter between each other as well, good banter, and we're well able for each other now. You know, when it comes to <laughs> one of the one liners, and uh, Jamie's a great character, a great great comedian, like in himself, like great mimic. Oh, mimic, yeah, he's very very good, and and Robert doesn't know he's funny. But he 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 he's, he's so entertaining. Robert
0: just has to yawn. And, yeah, that's all. And yeah, he's funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, he's got the like. I mean, he has the authentic American voice when it comes to singing an American song. It's nobody can nobody can do it any better than him. Yeah. Um so like we have or you know our personalities blend, um, and our 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 music blends and our voices blends. No, we've had our ups and downs over the years. We've had our arguments and disagreements, but. They're all forgotten about, like you know. There are artistic
0: disagreements. Absolutely, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So that's been a, that's been a great success story as well. Yeah, it's and been
1: huge, and there's been a lot of different you know offers, and we, we were planning to go to Scotland. We had a tour planned in Scotland uh, when the pandemic hit, and uh, it was going to be our first trip over there with the show, and we we're going moving on to the UK. So. I mean, there are areas that we'll probably be going uh, to, to to look at with the Amigos. There
0: was talk of America at one time. There as well. was,
1: yeah. yeah. We were there was, and there was talk of Australia as well. We had yeah. signed a deal actually for to a recording deal for uh, with Sony Australia, um, and uh, it just didn't come to fruition. You know? It was just, it was a time thing, you know. It was just, uh, you know, it was hard for it didn't suit everybody to be away for such a long period of time. Yeah. You know, because
0: individually you're so busy and you have your yeah, own, yeah, yeah, and, own and careers. you know,
1: own careers and own, and own families and being away for six or seven weeks at a time, you know, just wasn't wasn't I suppose doable. Um, but you know, there are things down the road that may happen again. You don't know. Um, we're still, it's still growing. I mean, every year we think that it can't get any bigger in Ireland, and and it just it, it does. Yeah, you know, the shows we have to have more shows, shows and add more shows, and you know it's 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 great. It's it's uh, but it's it's a great show for anybody, you know that 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 has come and seen the show. They'll you know they'll always tell it's, it's a great show from start to finish. It's non stop. Like I mean, entertainment for over three hours and
0: so much variety and and there's As a good well, variety. Yeah. yeah, now it's important, uh, particularly in your case, to uh, step back from the stage and fr- and from the spotlight. And you do that because you're uh, in in a in a nice laid back way because you're a part time farmer as mm. well. It's it's a, it's another big passion of yours.
1: Yeah, I, I took on over my my dad's farm um, from a young age. It was I was going it was well well known. I was going to be the farmer anyways because I had an interest in in uh, animals and and farming. So um, during the time when I was off, you know, I, I kind of took more interest in it and got had more time to do it, and I find it. I'd find it, you know, the farming that that I do is very small. It's easy to look after, but um, I'd have a beef finishing a unit below like that. I've finished cattle in the sheds and uh, they're out then for the summer on grass. So it's uh, it's easy to look after them, but it's, it's a great step away from everything too for me. You know, the, the sheds and the land is... About five or six miles away from Gertin, and it's in the back beyond. And it's, I just love it when I get down there, you know, when I, especially when I'm away for a few days, and um, you just kind of get back to, as they say, nature, and and you get back to just enjoying the downtime and the animals, whatever it is that I, I I don't know, but it's it's just they're they're. Just you could well, I could stand and look at an animal for two or three, two or really? three hours, like <laughs> I just um i love I love animals, love the cattle and uh,
0: and they're special breed. they used to be
1: a special breed, but okay. um, I got out of them breeding because I was away a good bit, and my dad, you know even like while right, he's in good form, you know, but he's he's getting to a stage in his life you know where he didn't want the responsibility of animals calving when I was gone and stuff like that, so
0: we yeah, because I, I actually remember you having to leave Robert mazelelle's wedding yeah. party because yeah. had you, had, pure you had a cow cavern.
1: Yeah. There was a purebred that was that was caving. I tried to explain it to Robert it wasn't working. <laughs> I said this animal Patrick? Enough, an awful lot of money. <laughs> I said I can't afford to yeah. to 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 even take a chance. I have to go back for Limousine. Yeah, yeah. There were purebred limousines. Yeah. And um but uh, you know, again they were, they were lovely and, and um but there's a good bit of work involved with them. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's sometimes they don't go right for you, you know. And, and pure beds, they're they're easy for picking up infections and stuff. And um, so it's it, it, you have to be spending a good bit of time with them. So I got out of the the breeding and just continued with the finishing uh, of cattle. So I buy the in young and uh, keep them for a year, year and a half, and finished them from the factory.
0: I think there's a song called "The Farmer Needs a Wife." Is there?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? what Guess what?
0: (laughs) There's one on the way. Mm. (laughs) Um, This is this is one of the 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 really positive, lovely stories uh, of the of the last couple of years, a year and a half, whatever, in in lockdown. You actually uh, uh, found love in lockdown. I did. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, we we started. Uh, or sorry, we finished in, in on the eighth of, of March. Um torn when the pandemic came in and after I suppose a few weeks I was getting uh, um getting lonely at home and I was <laughs> <laughs> on on the lonely hearts club. So I uh, I downloaded the the app Tinder. And uh,
0: You only so, downloaded it then?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's,
1: that's all. <laughs> Honestly, that's all. But i uh, so I downloaded it and I had to look at it and see what, you know, what exactly detailed here. So then I put up a picture and I, 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 I was, you know, I, I'd go on and then I'd go off and leave it there for a few weeks and didn't pass much either. And then after a couple of months, then I, 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 know, I went back and I, sw- and I noticed that uh, I knew this girl from Sligo. And so I swiped right. I would know her to see. I hadn't known to speak to, but I, I knew her from going in and out to the jeweler shop. And uh, Hurley's in Sligo, yeah. So she's worked there for the last 13 years. So I I had known her from getting out uh, and um, uh, um, in Sligo, but uh, so I sent a message. And when I swiped, because she swiped in, and I said hi, so she just sent a message back. Hi, so then I started back and forth, you know, messaging her. And of course, I thought she might have known me, but she didn't know me. <laughs> and, uh, she never heard of Patrick Finney. Well, she had heard, but she didn't know. It. What music I did, or, nice. or anything like that. She wasn't into it at all. I don't. She's not even into it now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, so after uh, uh, after a while, then I kind of suggested maybe we, we meet for a coffee, and she said, "Well, you know, they'd just gone back after the first lockdown, door after opening up. It was in June or July." She says, uh, "You know, I'm just back of am dealing with customers, and you know, I'd be a bit anxious, you know, meeting." So I just felt right, you know. That's the nice way of telling me, no. So I said, "Well, an easy letdown." So that's all right. So I said, um, "I'll chat you soon again." So um, time passed, uh, a couple of months passed, and I done a, an, an interview on RSVP online, and uh, then I a few weeks passed, and I was looking through my phone again and went on Tinder, and I had seen that Claire was still on my on my messages. So I just said, oh, sure. I'll send clear a message. I sent her a message to see how she was and she came back to me and she said, actually I was going to send you a message. She said, I read an article um, online RSVP and she said uh, uh, how you keep a nice grand. So back and forth messaging again so I said, at you know, any chance now, you know, that the restrictions are, are, are lifted you know, you're back to work a good way now do you want to still get that coffee? So eventually she said, yeah. So we met um, we met outside the coffee dock. then arranged to meet um, on the the, on a Sunday because she was working during the week and yeah that was kind of it was the that's where it all kind of started from and um, that was back in in um, in July August Um, and it's kind of we hit it off really from 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 there on but I'll tell you a funny one before she met me on, on the Sunday, you know, we were messaging back and forth and she said, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is really you, you know, <laughs> right. I don't know whether I'm, whether I'm being catfished or not. I I, and I said, no, you know, definitely, it is me. And uh, so on the Sunday, she said to me, you know, I'm feeling a bit nervous about meeting you. I wouldn't mind a call beforehand. Um, I said, right, so I rang her, and I didn't know, but she had me on the speaker with her friend in the care. So they listened to my voice, and I said, sure, I'm on my way, I said, I'll be there in 20 minutes, half an hour. So they wanted to see was what it be me by listening to the voice, and so her friend said, yeah, it's definitely him. So so they, what they had planned was, uh, Claire got a, her friend dropped her just round the corner from where the coffee talk was, and uh Claire was going to come and meet me if it was me or she wanted to get away her friend would pass in five minutes and she'd give her the thumbs up everything was alright and if everything wasn't she'd, be sh- she'd shake her head so she gave her the thumbs up she <laughs> <laughs> did I didn't notice until after it, like it was, all, it was all planned. So, you heard all this story, we were, talking, we were talking away, and her friend passed. She said, Oh, that's my friend Adele, and she said, Thumbs up, you know, as well. How are you? So, yeah, well, yeah. it's a bit dodgy meeting people on, yeah. on Tinder, isn't it?
0: You know, it is, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and was it awkward or was it strange for you? You'd never done it,
1: I'd never done it, but um, and that was the first time. Honestly, that, that, that I had met anybody through a, to a date nap. And so I, I was nervous as well. Like, um, But once I, once I met her and we were talking for a few minutes, she's very, very, very good at communicating, very good at talking. And we just clicked. And, you know, it was, it was brilliant and um, it felt right. And, you know, it didn't take me too long to realize that, you know, this is definitely a woman I'd fall in love with. Definitely.
0: As I say, when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And very shortly after that, she, she moved in with you.
1: So we were going out and um, everything was going grand. And um, that was towards the end of July. And then came the. Um, we got to go in a few days, but not many because then they closed and then they opened again. And so it was December. She was busy at work and last December and they were working up until the 31st. And then they were announced that they were going to close the country down again. But the restrictions would be in place, and she was in Sligo, and I was in Garchin and it's over thirty kilometers, and we couldn't go outside our five kilometers. And she was going; uh, her flat, her flatmate had moved, and she was going to move into a friend's house and take a room with her in Uh All around this time, so I felt like I like at that stage, I like I I knew I was was in love with Clare And... Like um I said to her, you know, when, when the lockdown, she rang me on New Year's Eve and she said that the boss after coming in, we're closing down, they're going to lock down the country now. And she said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, do you know what, Claire? So why I think, would you think about maybe just moving in? I said, like, it's, do, it, we do or die. And she'll, I said, like, we're not going to be able to see each other. I'm off and you're off and, you know, see how it goes. So, and you
0: said, there's a room there for you. So there's a room <laughs> there
1: for you, at a good price. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, yeah, so she thought about it and the next day she said, what's your luck? Yeah, we'll give it a go. And uh, she moved in a few days later and the rest was history. Playing sailing? Yeah, very much playing sailing. And, I, and you know, I say this like, in all honesty, listen to, to people and my friends as well that find it tough delivering you know, been there. Well, we were, we, they've been away working, doing their own things, and mm. now they've been at home together, and they're killing each other. For us, it was completely different,
0: mind you. You are, you are in the honeymoon period. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's early. It's early days. Yeah, and of course, she she's she's never been with Patrick Feeney, the the performer, the the, no. the country star on the
1: road. So, no, uh, she's never
0: even seen you perform.
1: She's never seen me perform. No live. Um, no, and uh, I suppose that's that's. It was something that she has to encounter yet, yeah, but at the same time, I'm I'm happier that we met this way as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, And meeting through the music. Um, I'm delighted that she's seen Patrick Feeney, the person who he is really is, and at home. Um, and uh, I think that she'll she'll be fine. You know, she's she's uh, she's understanding, like, and uh, I think she'll she'll. Handle it okay.
0: And I suppose the good thing is you are, as you said, your own manager, your own boss, so you can tweak your 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 live work yeah. to suit your yeah. per- personal life and, yeah exactly and, and all and of that.
1: When I you know when we go back like um, it's it, it'll be like before like I, I I won't I I'll be restricting the amount of time, days that I do like and I'll be spreading it out and so it, it's not going to be as as bad as as it would have been probably maybe uh, ten or fifteen years ago.
0: And you're not being given out to yet about dropping your clothes all over the place or oh well, that cautioning. was a given like yeah but,
1: <laughs> I, yeah but I don't mind that for once she picks it up and and <laughs> um, I, yeah the, the, she's back working now and, and so yeah, I get to do the house duties now at yeah. home
0: and then you sprung a, a surprise engagement on her
1: yeah so I knew from I knew at Christmas time I was going to ask her to marry me but I didn't know how I was going to do it and when I was going to do it so then I felt right if she moves in that'll be and it works out then I get a better idea but like she was, had moved in three or four weeks and I knew like, I mean, she's just so easy to get on with that. You know, and I have had previous, previous relationships as well as, as well as Claire, like so, I think when you know, you know, like and, you know, so I just knew this felt completely different. This was, was something that I could see myself, you know, doing for the rest of my life and and spending with this lady and, uh, so, um, uh, I felt then I wanted to do it around on occasion. I didn't want to do it on Valentine's Day. And I know that, that Claire, from working in Horley's jewellers, you know, she's she knows what she wants as far as jewellery is concerned. And I didn't want to just land with an engagement ring. So I contacted, I felt, you know, right, I'll I do it at Easter time. So about a week before Easter, I, I rang her boss, Richard, and I told her what I had in mind. And he advised me just to get a promise ring and get like Claire and pick her own ring. Uh, afterwards so that's what I did I picked her up on Saturday on Easter Saturday and I got a little hamper put together then of different creams that she likes and um, um, cosmetics cosmetics yeah, yeah. and um, put the, the ring in in, in, in the, the iconic world each through the box and put it in the, into the hamper and wrapped it all up so Saturday Easter Saturday I uh, picked up a, a Chinese and we were having it in the house and uh, oh I said I got your present and she, I went out caring about it in, and she said oh I didn't get you an Easter egg <laughs> and I said well I don't know I said there's not only an Easter egg in this now so she opened it up and was, and I was looking through their moisturizers and then she came upon this box so went down on one ring so or, <laughs> went down on <in> one knee <laughs> with the ring and yeah she said she was shocked she was really stunned and uh, but yeah straight away I said yes
0: Were you confident?
1: Uh, I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I knew that she was very happy as well, um, and I just thought, like, if you're really as happy as I am, you'll say yes. And yeah,
0: uh, and of course, you couldn't celebrate.
1: We couldn't, but you know what? I Eddie, mean, it was do you know, It was lovely because we got we had a bit of time to spend with each other, um, for the, and then you know after a couple of hours. Claire rang her, her family like and, and told them and um, my mum and dad's only across the road so we called them over and told them and so it was lovely we just had my sister Monica and, and her, her, her family um, came over as well and it was lovely we just had a it was it was really nice like and um, then we went the, the next day then to, to meet um, Claire's family like and it was lovely like the way it happened um, I don't think I wouldn't have wa- wanted really any, any other ways than right. nice and, and private and, and quiet
0: well I was going to say <laughs> in, to conclude Patrick uh, you have a lot to look forward to mm. uh, in 2022 certainly maybe for the start of this year yeah. uh, career starting off again you've got a big trip to Spain as well uh, to uh, Portugal, when, yeah. Portugal next year yeah. with all your fans uh, and a wedding
1: and a wedding, yeah. And a
0: wedding. And a honeymoon.
1: And a honeymoon, hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah so it's yeah. going to be a busy year. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, you, you, it's been, it's been a, a tough life in, in, in many ways, speaking yeah. about your health there. But uh, so many positives mm. as well to, yeah. to look, to look well, upon. look yeah, upon, uh, yeah. And a great future ahead of yeah. you.
1: Please, God. Yeah.
0: Patrick, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Eddie. This has been My Country Life, a Sunday World Podcast. This episode was produced by Ian Malini and the theme music is Rose Gold Renegades by Jesse Frisell. If you enjoy this episode, do consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eddie Rowley and this is My Country Life.